This is the Alchemy of Art podcast, episode 76, The Art of Utopia. Our quote of the day was said by Sir Thomas More in 1516 in his book called Utopia. He said, things will never be perfect until humans are perfect, which I don't expect them to be for quite a number of years. Hello, everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to explore creative ways to transform our lives. Alchemy is the ancient study of changing materials from one thing into another, and we all do this every day. Whether you are a painter, a sculptor, a baker, a gardener, every choice you make is transforming our world. On this podcast, we explore ways we can change both our physical and spiritual selves for the better. On this podcast, we hunt for the wise balance between accepting what is and taking empowered action. I am an artist. I sign my paintings with the name Vita. I teach online creativity classes and have written a few books, including The Alchemy of Painting, Developing Your Style and Purpose, and The Alchemy of Art, Stories for the Classroom. When this podcast first started, it was to share just stories about artists, and that has morphed into artist interviews, and now I've expanded our topics of discussion to include ways that everyone can harness their creative energy. Announcements. So I have a big announcement today, big news, and um, it's the reason why I haven't created a podcast in two months. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I haven't created an episode for you in a couple of months. The reason was because I was focused on finishing up a book that's called Start Selling Your Art, A Guide to Starting a Professional Art Business. And what that book is about is it's a how-to guide Um, how to start up a business, how to do marketing, how to price your work, tips for selling in person and online, how to get into art fairs, um, how to work with galleries, how to do commissions, how to find your perfect clients. It's about how to be a professional artist. And I wrote it for you know any type of visual artist who wants to um, go into business for themselves but also it's kind of a a good career guide, I think, for anyone who just wants to uh, go into a small business of any type. It's how to think about things in terms of what your clients want and need. And I share a lot of personal stories in it, things that worked, things that didn't work. Uh, And so um, the most exciting part is that I was able to record it for Audible, which is, I'm sure most of you know, Audible is a site where you can um, use their app to listen to sound recordings of pretty much every book that's ever been written. And so it's a real honor to be able to be part of Audible for the Start Selling Your Art book. And I was able to go to a professional sound recording studio to record the book for Audible, which was so exciting and fun. Um, When I create this podcast for you guys, I I just do it from my own computer, from a nice microphone, but it's not uh, perfect in the way Audible wants perfect sound recordings. So 
I had a lot of fun doing that. And I hope um, those of you who are out there who are interested in starting your own art business will look into my book, Start Selling Your Art, A Guide to Starting a Professional Art Business. And I did put my pseudonym Vita as my author name on that book. So do a hunt on Amazon if you want the actual book book or if you want the sound recording, go to Audible. All right. And then as always, I encourage uh, you to uh, get on my art newsletter if you haven't before, because then I will send you all sorts of things that are going on, like um, updates on new books. Now I'm starting a new one. Um, And um, the latest paintings that I've been doing. And this is an exciting time because I've started doing my in-person classes again here at Studio Alchemy. Um, So I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I have my own um, art studio and I teach classes in this space and I've got a lineup of a few classes this fall and those are filling up quickly because I'm limiting the number of people who can come in. So it's an exciting time and I certainly hope that we can work past all the COVID stuff and so we can really be together again more and more in the future. But in the meantime, let's be together in sound wavelengths as we are right now for the podcast and let's talk about our topic of the day which is the art of utopia. So this topic is near and dear to my heart. I've done a number of of, uh, public speaking gigs where I talked about utopia and the history of utopia. And so I just sort of took my notes from all of those lecture series that I've done so that I can share the story of utopia with you here. And then we can talk about how to apply the lessons of utopia to uh, any sort of creative artwork. All right. So the word utopia was invented by a guy named Sir Thomas More in 1516. He spliced together the Greek words for no, u, good, u, and place, topas, to get the word utopia. He wrote a book about a fictional island in the Atlantic Ocean that he called Utopia. So Utopia is the name of the island. On this perfect island, He imagined that there was no private property, that everything was owned commonly, that women did the same farming work as men, that everyone wore the same clothes, that people only worked six hours a day. This one's weird. That every household had two slaves. This is strange. It's like he's got everything equal. Everybody's equal in all these ways. And then suddenly, oh, there's people who aren't equal. Um, And then he's got hospitals were free, priests were allowed to marry, divorce was permitted, lawyers were unnecessary, that's nice, and religious toleration was upheld unless somebody was an atheist. Uh, so uh, scholars, they, they when they talk about Sir Thomas More, they think that he was not writing a roadmap to a perfect place that he really believed was obtainable. He wasn't saying, oh, let's all go out and create utopia and this is the way it should look, okay? 
it was a work of political and social satire. And there's a lot in there that we know Sir Thomas More didn't actually think would ever be possible. And in his own life, he definitely did not live up to those uh, fantasies as ideals. So uh, in a, the most major way is that Moore was a devout Catholic. And um, when he was Lord Chancellor of England, he had ordered a bunch of Protestants to be burned as heretics. Okay, so he was not a religiously tolerant man. And then uh, when the the tides turned and the Protestants took over, he was beheaded. Okay, so he was not for religious toleration, and yet his his satire book has that in there as this ideal. Okay, and, and things like divorces being permitted, this is just not what he actually wanted. Okay, but nevertheless, after Utopia was written, um, many people looked to it for ideals um, and thought about, well, you know what, maybe we do want to create society where there's a limited amount of time that you have to work each day. Um, maybe we do want to create a society where, you know, communists thought, oh, no private property, that sounds great to them. Um Maybe um, we do want religious toleration. <laughs> I certainly do, <laughs> right? So, so somehow this book that was originally a work of satire became a um, an inspiration for people to make real changes in the way we structure society. Okay, and um, of course the ideals of Sir Thomas More and what he actually thought was possible would be way different than what you or I might think of as an ideal fantasy today. But my, my main message to you today about utopia and as it relates to artwork is that when we create artwork, there's a lot of idealism that goes behind it. We, we think, oh, you know, I want to create more beauty in the world. I want to honor the things I think are sacred or beautiful, and I want to create more of that. There's a very idealistic drive behind creating artwork and developing society in any way you choose. A few other examples of idealistic dreaming <laughs> um, include James Hinton wrote something called Shangri-La, and Shangri-La was a valley of paradise that was hidden in the Himalayan mountains where people would age super slowly. Okay. Um, also, there was a musical by Alan J. Lerner called Brigadoon, and Brigadoon was a mysterious Scottish village that would appear only once every hundred years. And many of these other utopian fantasies have some sort of a fountain of youth or a magic that slows the aging process, which of course is um, a, a wonderful fantasy to have. And when I was a teenager, I had my own utopian fantasy um, that kind of fell flat on its face. 
And here's what happened. So I was in middle school and I started taking French classes, French language classes. And I just fell in love with the language. I read a lot of literature. I watched a lot of French movies. I ate French food and would attempt to cook it on my own. Um, (laughs) Not always to perfection. And um, I would read about French art. I had French uh, impressionist posters up on my wall in my room. And I thought, oh, you know, in France, they have mass transportation. And there's just, there's so many things that are so great about France. It is perfect. And I want to move there because then if I do, my life will be perfect because France is perfect. France became my utopia. So I studied and I studied and I studied and then finally I was an exchange student when I was 16. And when I arrived there, um, I, th- there were some things that were super awesome about France. Um, you know, I thought the bread was so good. Gosh, you don't even need butter with it. It's, it just melts in your mouth. Um, and I had the good fortune of, I had a host family that owned a seafood restaurant called Fuit de la Mer, and they fed me five course meals every night. I was so lucky, right? But it was very gray and dreary, and there were a lot of things that didn't go right, like, you know, delays with the trains because there was a strike going on, or you know, oh, I'm super hungry because we've been on this trip down to Paris all day long and I'm, I'm miserable at this exact moment. Or if I stub my toe, it still hurt. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I stubbed my toe in France. It hurt just like it had back home. And, and I had built up France to be this such a perfect place in my mind that nothing could have lived up to it anyway, I don't think. I mean, it just, I, I had this ideal of perfection and then it didn't happen. And then on one of my last days there, I was in Paris, we're going to some museums and stuff and I'm, it's raining and it's dreary and gray and I'm jumping around the mud puddles to cross the street and then I looked up and there was an apartment window and somebody had a banner that was draped down from the window and it said in English, so it's it's as if it was written to me, it says, bloom where you are planted. And I said, oh, I need to bloom where I'm planted. I need to bloom no matter where my home is, Um, whether it's here in France or back in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I was living at the time. I need to cultivate my own soil and and grow and flourish wherever I am. So I learned this huge lesson that day. And a lesson that I've applied to a lot of things in my life. Not only do I want to strive to be satisfied and happy no matter what with all the circumstances that I have and thankful for what I've already got. Not oh, I'm dreaming of a foreign utopia that I'm one day going to get to or a vacation that once I get there, then I'm going to be happy. No, I need to try to be happy with what I've got right here, right now. Um, And then also, it's that blooming where you're planted. It's cultivating the soil. I take a lesson from my utopia story that I should take what I've got and build and let it grow 
in a beautiful way, no matter where I am. And that's, I mean, I think the essence of what it is to be an artist, you are taking things, you're morphing them, twisting them around, and then suddenly you've grown and you've cultivated something new. And this brings me back to our quote of the day by Sir Thomas More from his book Utopia. He said, things will never be perfect until humans are perfect, which I don't expect them to be for quite a number of years. So what's he saying here? He's saying he doesn't expect for there to be a perfect utopia because humans aren't perfect. Things aren't perfect. Life is messy. And you've just got to accept the messiness. But I will say that I do think it's good to dream and to have ideals and then to look at those ideals, you know, write them down and examine them and, and then question, you know, why is it that that seems so sexy? You know, why does that ideal seem so relieving? And then when you think about that fantasy that you've had, how can you then up, apply it to your everyday life? So here's an example. You know, what if you are somebody who every day fantasizes about going to a Caribbean island and sitting on the sand and drinking a pina colada or whatever? You're sitting on the beach in this fantasy. You're drinking a pina colada and um, you've got a bounty of food in front of you and everything is relaxed and fun and you are just breathing in the fresh air and everything is perfect. Okay, if that's your fantasy, how can you take that and plunk it into your everyday life? You know, I mean, one thing comes to mind, you could mix pina coladas yourself, <laughs> right? Or maybe it's a matter of taking a few moments where you're breathing fresh air and you just need to go outside for a few moments every day where you're not doing anything. There's no to-do list. You just escape for a couple minutes. There's ways you can bring in those fantasies to your everyday life. If you're one of those people who's fantasized about becoming a professional painter, for example, this is just this dream ideal. Well, you know, you can take action on that. You can listen to the book that I just created for Audible to start selling your art. You can take an art class. You can start that process now. I've had a lot of people come to me to take classes who they just retired and they've dreamed of creating artwork for years and then they never just sat down to do it. Well, yes, when you're retired, you have more time, but why start then? Why not when you're 30? you know, you, it can be a hobby that you just do a couple hours once a week. It doesn't have to be something that you wait and wait and wait and you put off. If it's something that's really important to you, if it's a, it's a, a dream that's itching at you, make it happen every day. All right. So in closing, in closing, this concludes 
the alchemy of art podcast. May these thoughts and stories comfort and heal your spirit. May you be filled with inspiration. May you be like the lotus flower and build your home in the muddy water. May you find your voice.